you have to recognize that that we individuals uh, or ministers or pastors, we're not the source of the gospel. God is. So we ought to be giving back to God. And then he commands how we give and he wants his ministers to be supported. So that's that's the thing is in some ways it's a subtle difference, but in practice, it affects a lot of things like you're talking about with Patreon, right? So one is, you know, this person did this thing for me. They gave me the gospel. So I'm going to do this thing back for them. Or uh, was this person being used by God? And so I want to give back to God. And the way God calls me to do that is by giving to this person. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And this is the Pantry Podcast. Do you want a healthier spiritual diet? We're stocking the storehouse with spiritual nutrition, marinating on the word of God, and leading you to the meals that truly fuel a soldier of the Lord. And this is season nine, Obey. It's an acronym that stands for Obey Him Before Anyone Else. This season, let's look at how obedience and a lack thereof impacts our relationship with Him and with everyone else. Join us and friends from over 70 countries as we feast on Jesus, not junk food. You can even be a friend who keeps the show going. Become a partner at patreon.com slash the pantry podcast for just $5 a month. And now let's dig into this meal. Hey, what's up? Hello. Man, it's exciting to be here. Nine yeah. seasons. Nine yes, seasons. Yeah, yes, right. Nine, right, nine seasons. seasons. We are on season nine, y'all. Yeah. Uh, and this season is called Obey. If you haven't seen the spelling, it's O-H. B-A-E. It is an acronym. Uh, it is an acronym. We threw it off. Do you want to pop that acronym out there for him? Come on. Obey him before anyone else. Ooh, there we go. Obey him before Where obedience and else. relationships collide. Nice. Yes. Nice. Hey, thank you all of our listeners for being on with us. Thank you for continuing to support us. Thank you for all of the new countries that are coming on board. It is awesome. I don't care about statistics most of the time, but watching the countries pop up around the world, that's exciting for yeah, me. That's I'm like, really whoa, cool. another country. That's kind of neat. That's kind of neat. Um, tonight, we have an awesome guest. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, I was challenged uh, yeah. when I first heard this whole this this whole spiel. I'm gonna call it a spiel because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bring. It. I <laughs> you don't want to bring it in clues. too early. <laughs> I always I always like drop the ball on that one. So this spiel about you know ministry and some other ways and 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 ideas behind ways that we can do it better and how we should probably proceed and and by the end of tonight I think that you'll be challenged as well. Yeah. Yeah, this is something that I think I've heard it uh, several times because I did a little research on our guest and also on just like this topic. And most of the time when you see something that's this, I will say fresh, not because it's new. It's actually pretty like it's it's very old uh, in practice. Uh, But people tend to see things that are brought up for the first time, like very skeptical. But I think that the reason that we were really excited to bring Conley Owens on is because this was, we're like, well, we can't really, I mean, it's Bible based. And um, so we want to welcome Conley Owens onto the show. He is a father. He is a husband. He is a pastor at the uh, Silicon Valley Reformed Baptist Church. He's a software engineer at Google. So consider all this stuff in his mind every day. Um, and he is the author of The Durian Principle. And I'm not going to explain what that is. I'm going to let him do that. But we just want to welcome you onto the show. Yeah, welcome, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So can you give us a little more detail into what led you to even realize this was something and then realize that you were going to write about it um, and, and how that all kind of played out and what it is really what the Dorian principle actually is? Sure. So, yeah, very briefly, uh, Dorian is the Greek word that means freely. Jesus said, Matthew 10, 8, freely you receive, freely give. So it's a book about how ministry ought to be offered freely. And yet at the same time, how ministry ought to be supported, because in the next two verses, Jesus says the worker is worthy of his food. So 
It's about holding those two things together. Um, yeah, over time, I had just kind of become dissatisfied with how I saw uh, ministers using copyright in particular um, in ways that were uh, harmful to the advancement of their message. You know, they don't necessarily realize they're doing it, but uh, when they apply full copyright and, uh, you know, they're trying to control certain things, but they end up limiting translations, limiting just all kinds of uses that right. would be very good for their work. And so that that led me to some dissatisfactions. And as I was reading scripture, well, for a long time, I thought uh, these are my own private opinions. I can't really, you know, find other people's consciences with them, force them on anyone. But as I was reading scripture, I began to see some things that aligned somewhat with my concerns. The first thing I saw was Third uh, John 7 and 8 that says, uh, John is speaking to Gaius. He's telling him he ought to support certain missionaries. He says, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, not accepting anything from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So here, uh, John is putting out that exact same distinction that Jesus is putting out. Uh, the worker is worthy of his food. He should be supported. Yet at the same time, the ministry ought to be offered freely. So John said that same thing. He said they've gone out for the sake of the name, not taking anything from the people they were sent to. You know, they weren't exchanging their ministry for money, but at the same time, we should be supporting them, pushing the gospel forward. So it's about how uh, the Bible ought to be, or excuse me, uh, the gospel uh, ministry ought to be supported by co-laborers rather than customers. Oh, I like that. I like I like the co-labor. And you know, okay, so I'm 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 going through your stuff. I'm reading, you know, I'm reading some of your your some in your book and I'm looking at these podcasts and interviews and I'm telling you, it challenged me because it's kind of interesting how we get caught in this uh, you know, is in ministry ourselves and things that we do. It's like you you you're receiving it from one direction. But when you're putting it out to another ministry, you're always thinking like, oh, man, I just want to help them out. I just want to take care of that minute, you know, help them with their ministry. It's never like one of these things like, hey, I'm going to get something out of this. It's more like, hey, I want the kingdom to further. So I'm telling you, it challenged us from from the get go. And so, you know, I, I think when we're sitting here talking about this, it's kind of like. So I have questions. <laughs> I have questions. He's like, he's still, I, he's, I, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I'm like, because this is like one of those topics that, okay, first of all, it talks about giving money to the church, number one. <laughs> and that's already like one of those topics anyways. And then you get into like the Apostle Paul. So I'm going to just jump on this because yeah. I think it's it's cool to see this. In one sense, he's telling the Corinths not to give him any money. And then on the other sense, he's, he's telling, you know, the Philippians to give him money. So help me out there. Like, how does this, how does this work? How does this play right. into the yeah. Dorian principle? Yeah. And there's, there's more than that, right? The Corinthians, he says, he'll never take their money. And then also says he plans on coming to them so that they can support him on his way, which is using a word per pimpo, which uh, implies financial support. So there's all kinds of, uh, there's four in particular that I outline apparent contradictions in Paul's policy that, that need to be resolved if someone is going to understand what the Bible has to say about this. And a lot of people uh, limit themselves to trying to resolve just one of them and they, they don't end up seeing the big picture. But uh, specifically right. with what you're talking about, the Corinthians versus the Philippians, and it's not just the Corinthians, it's the Thessalonians, the Ephesians, he refuses money from all of them. It seems to me, and the context of this passage is that the context is him having been the planter of that church and them trying to pay him back for having planted that church. Whereas in other contexts, for example, the Corinthians and 1 Corinthians 16 and 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 1, 
uh, he's eager to receive their money if they want to help him on his missionary journey. So he's all about he's all about co-laboring with them, receiving their funds, but not uh, but he's not going to take money in exchange for the gospel because that would remove his grounds for boasting. But the Philippians, on the other hand, read Philippians. It's all about fellowship. And the word for fellowship, koinonia, that's also the same uh, Greek word that's used for business partnerships. Partnership, fellowship, it's the same word. And so he considered himself a partner, a business partner with the Philippians. So when they are giving to him, it's not an exchange for anything. It's it's out of a, a service to the same master that Paul is under. They are supplying the funds. Paul is supplying the labor and they're going forward with the gospel. Mm. Yeah, I think that when we first came to to kind of go deeper with what Shay was sharing about how it challenged us, like when we started listening to some of your interviews and reading the book itself, we were like, so this tit for tat Patreon thing, because we never felt good about a paywall to hear more from us. We always felt like that was weird and it just didn't feel right. But we're like, well, we'll give them like a mug or something as a thank you for supporting us. And then we're like, well, at the end of the day, I always decline the freebies when I'm trying to donate because I'm like, I don't want you to waste the money I'm giving you back on me. You know, like so. But in this, it, it goes back to the reciprocity. It's like that kind of forces the hand of the person to accept a gift in response, like a, a reciprocal thing, instead of just letting it be co-labor. And we actually changed the language on our Patreon to make it clear, like we want your help if you want our message, the message that God has given us to like get out to more people, but we don't necessarily want your money if it's a thank you. And so since you're here, um, (laughs) like, you know, kind of, you haven't looked at what we've done, but I mean, as far as our understanding of it, this idea of like the, the interest is to pay it forward rather than to pay for it. Right. Is that kind of like the essence in a nutshell? It's like, we want, if we want, if you feel led, don't give it as a thank you, but as a get it to more people kind of. Thing. Right. Yeah. To support to support the work or to simply honor the work. I think honor is right. uh, another valid way of it's thinking about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the one who is giving are they are giving back to the source of the gospel. And you have to recognize that that we individuals uh, or ministers or pastors, we're not the source of the gospel. God is. So we ought to be giving back to God. And then he mm. commands how we give and he wants his ministers to be supported. So that's, that's the thing is in some ways it's a subtle difference, but in practice, it affects a lot of things like you're talking about with Patreon. Yeah. Right. So one is, you know, this person did this thing for me. They gave me the gospel. So I'm going to do this thing back for them. Or, uh, was this person being used by God? And so I want to give back to God. And the way God calls me to do that is by giving to this person. Uh, just one very good analogy for this. And there's a lot of good analogies for this in 1 Corinthians 9. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul mentions the Levites and the, the priests, right? Israel was, in a sense, obligated to support the priests and the Levites. But how would they do that? They would do it by giving sacrifices, by giving, um, by giving tithes and offerings, now, those things were being given to God, and only then would the Lord, who was their inheritance, give to the give to the priests. So right. their obligation to the Levites was not direct. It was indirect. It was primarily an obligation to God. So when we, uh, you know, as pastors or ministers or, or you know, Christian podcasters or authors, et cetera, uh, take money directly as though it's directly owed to us and not indirectly um, being given to us, we're basically stepping in God's position and making ourselves the source of the gospel. 
Yeah, that is not a position I want to be in. I, I've knocked him out of his chair too many times in my life. And that's, just, that's, just, that's just one of those things I'm like, yeah, I don't. No, but, you know, Amen. it makes a lot of sense. And, and it kind of it, it goes back to that thought, you know, like there's so many times that I've I've preached in Africa or, you know, I've gone to Africa and I've ministered. And it's it's so interesting that they have that mentality of paying the pastor that preached. Right. It's like it's like it, and it's like. And I, and I never felt comfortable taking it. Sure. And I think the only thing that saved me from that is I'm like, it's okay. I don't need it. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. Can you just give me a, a cup of tea? You know, it's right. and, I, and, and it's like, but, but then, you know, you get on the other side of it and you start having ministries and you start having this. It's like, yeah, man, you know, Hey, you give us a coffee cup or we'll give you a coffee cup and a t-shirt and 20 minutes to sit down with us. If you support this, we're like, just trying oh. to come up with things. Yeah. Like we're like, yeah. how can we thank them? But really, yeah. It's kind of is. Yeah, right. that's not really the point, huh? Yeah. Well, it is you know, to go back to that example about Africa, um, you know, thinking about honorariums and things, I think it it is sometimes acceptable to accept that in the context of, you know, this church is working for the gospel. And yeah, I get the dynamics are weird, like a third party or a, a third world country situation and things like that. But if you take that out of the picture you know, they're, they want to promote the gospel. You're coming alongside mm-hmm. of them and helping them. And so I don't think honorariums are, are always uh, incorrect. Um, and you see in first Corinthians nine, Paul says he'll never take money from the Corinthians in the context of, you know, him having planned the church, but he says that it would be fine if Peter came and did it. So, you know, it, that would be sort of like an honorarium so, there. So, for, so for our listeners, cause I mean, I'm not sure that everybody knows right. honorarium. Sure. Can, can yeah. you just break that out for him? Yeah. So uh, the Greek word to may means honor, which uh, it could also mean money, right? There's a lot of times you see it uh, listed in money. I think one of them is actually uh, Judas's 30 pieces of silver is called <laughs> to may at one point. Um, so uh, yeah. So to, to give an honorarium in the English language is to give money to honor someone for having spoken. Now, sometimes this is very reciprocal, right? Something that Jesus would have forbidden because it's, you know, I won't, I won't speak for you unless you give me this thing. And, you know, it's this very tit for tat exchange, not like a, not a co-laboring together. Um, other times it is a co-laboring, you know, you're going to do this thing. We want to honor you in doing that. Mm-hmm. And we're both serving the Lord together. So uh, it's not just semantics. There are a lot of really practical things, but sometimes it can get, it can get fuzzy as to what's going on and the language around it indicates whether or not it's co-labor or reciprocity. I like that. Now, now that takes us into another rabbit hole because I mean I, I just love rabbit holes today. So, because <laughs> I'm thinking about this and, you know, now, I, I'm clear, but I think people need to understand this because we're talking a lot of giving, co-laboring, you know, giving money to the church, and and we know that that is is a semi sore spot in some people's mm-hmm. because of course they say money is the root of all evil. Of course they misquote that all the time, and they you know the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how and when that applies, you know, like when, where is the line, where is that line where it's like, okay, maybe I'm crossing this line or, or, or someone's looking at their ministry. Let's say they're, cause I, I love to do evaluations. So military, I do logistics, I set up teams. And so you always sit back and you're like, okay, you start asking these questions. Where are we? Where aren't we? And where should we be on that scale of the, where are we or where are, where should we not be? Uh, so, yeah, it's it's very interesting because a lot of people draw those lines in very arbitrary places. Right. It's, uh, oh, well, you know, as long as I you know have a good heart about it, as long as I'm not buying a G6, you know, or as long as uh, I'm not profiting. <laughs> that's another thing people say, as long as I'm not making more than what I put into it. But the Bible nowhere 
cares about profit. It's really about just, you know, whether or not this is reciprocal, whether or not you're exchanging the gospel for money or whether or not you're co-laboring. Now, you know, there may be, uh, well, there, I'm certain there are a lot of reasons to be concerned about the amount that you pay your pastor being uh, too much. Obviously, you know, that could send bad signals to the world. There are all kinds of, um, there's all kinds of things to consider, but just regarding this ethic, it's really about whether or not it's reciprocal or whether it's, it's co-laboring. And that's really all it comes down to. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. When you look at reciprocal, I think one of the biggest things I was thinking about as far as a, a, a place I've been seeing the trend going is Christian entrepreneurs who, so entrepreneurs who happen to be Christian, um, starting to call their business, their ministry. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, a, <laughs> so I, and yeah, right. your thoughts <laughs> on how that kind of binds them in new ways that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's all kinds of uh, issues with this and coming from all different, uh, all different sides of Christianity. There's this real blending of uh, sacred and secular. And mm. yes, there's a good reason to acknowledge that our work has eternal importance. Yet at the same time, these lines have to be drawn somewhere. They have to mean something. You know, uh, if everything is worship, you know, then then every then there's so much idolatry that's going on. If we if we consider worship just you know the stuff that happens here, like in the ceremonial part, then we have something we can guard. You know, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of things that break down. In fact, over here in my neck of the woods uh, in Silicon Valley, uh, just uh, I, well, I don't know how many hours away they are, but uh, Bethel Redding. If you're familiar with that church, you know mm-hmm. they uh, do a lot of the really, really far out charismatic stuff. They've started not only a yeah. school of prophecy like they've had for a long time, but now they have a school of right. technology where you can come learn how to, you know, uh, make your work, your ministry and all kinds of stuff. You know, there's just all, all different parts of Christianity or things that call themselves Christianity, you know, really getting right. into this. So, yeah, it's important that we we don't do that so that, you know, uh, otherwise, if my work about my ministry, how could I how could I charge for it? <laughs> there's this ethic has right. to apply to something. Um, yeah, right. one more example of that I was watching the uh, the Babylon Bee interview with Elon Musk. I don't know if you all yeah. saw that, but I saw that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, at the, at the end of it, Ethan Nicole says, "You know, Babylon Bee is a ministry." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, wait! It's a ministry? Like, I'm totally fine with them charging for you know all the services they charge for because they're yeah. an entertainment thing. I I don't consider them a ministry. But once you start calling them a ministry, well, now I have to question your sincerity because you seem to be doing this for money. You know, you really seem to be right. capitalizing on on what you're offering here yeah no i, I I'm, I'm gonna agree with one thing with bethel there and, and then i'm gonna drop this because i'm not going no farther <laughs> as long as their technology school doesn't have any spirituality in it that's the only thing i agree with okay anyways moving on just to throw out one okay. verse here yeah. um yeah. you know i was talking about uh <laughs> undermining sincerity that really is the the key yeah. issue in this ethic is you know are we are we uh, compromising our sincerity when we right. exchange money for ministry? And I think definitionally we are. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.17, for we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, mm. as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. So if you peddle God's word, uh, you you compromise your sincerity. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like that. And I love that you have, your, so first I'm going to flash for the for people who watch this podcast. This is the book. Now, 
when you ask, I'm sure some people who aren't as hip to this book already, they're gonna be like, but isn't he selling this book? And the cool thing is, no, he's not. This is a book you can get entirely free. And we'll go into that in a second. But um, I love that you have a chapter on parachurch ministry. Um, And this is, and, and you include seminaries, which I never thought of seminaries as parachurch, but it makes total sense um, when they're not, you know, literally affiliated or, right. or even, even our church has a Bible college affiliated with it. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's fascinating. We have a lot of listeners that are podcasters or, or authors, or we have friends who may be, who were definitely going to be recommending your book too, but I'm interested in what you would like to, I mean, people should just read the whole book. Honestly, it takes like two or three hours, but um, it it is a pretty short book. Yeah. But without having to recite the entire book, like what are some of the bigger things, like the thing, like the big overarching things you'd like to have parachurch ministries kind of realize about this? Because I think your, your argument, or not really an argument, but when you point out biblical point that, yeah, it's a biblical point um, that the church has something built in called, I mean, people call it tithing, offering, however they want to, you know, contextualize it. You give when you're at church, you know, or a lot of people that attend the church give, but then you have parachurch ministries doing all kinds of different things. And they don't have like people that are consuming this aren't in the same place where, Oh, I need to give to this cause I consumed it and this cause I, I want it to, to prosper. And so kind of what, are the takeaways for parachurch ministries that, that you kind of have? Cause I know you haven't figured it all out yet. That's right. not why you're here. Um, but like kind of how have you teased it out thus far for those? Yeah. Well, the big takeaway for parachurch ministries is that, uh, yeah, like you said, they don't have that biblically defined income stream. So they typically have to be, get pretty creative and they can get creative in ways that don't violate God's word. And they can get creative in ways that do violate God's <laughs> word. And, once again, you know, if you begin selling ministry, right, you are you are violating God's word on this on this point. You are not offering the gospel freely. Um, and, and let me explain that a bit more because I keep using the word gospel. But you know, if you have a if you have a right understanding of the Bible, you know, with First Corinthians two, where Paul says he knew, knew nothing among them except for Christ and Him crucified. Uh, Colossians one that talks about proclaiming Christ and uh, Luke 24, where Jesus says he's, you know, in the the law and the prophets. If, if you understand the Bible rightly, all religious instruction coming from the Bible is related to the gospel. Um, it might not all be, be good news in particular, but if you're doing it right, it all points to the cross. So uh, really any, I keep saying the gospel, but any ministry that you're offering for, for money, uh, you're doing so uh, reciprocally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now now I feel convicted again, <laughs> and I got a question because I mean, like, I want to dig into this. Okay, yeah, I so, mean, go. so okay, I, 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 and, and uh, of course I'm, I'm bringing up an example, a, a recent example. So I'm I'm heading to Kenya in April, and I'm like, okay, man, I went to Arkansas. I, I used the co-labor because I've never really thought of it like, hey, come on board with this. You know, I'm gonna take a disciple with me. We're gonna you know be able to disciple, share the gospel, you know, look at church planning. And, I, and, and, you know, bringing them as a co-laborer. And so then here I was about to do this again for uh, Kenya. And now there's like electrical work to be done at church. And they're like, hey, we'll just pay for your ticket to Kenya. Help me. Am I okay? 
Sure. So, am I okay? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm going for gospel. I'm going for mission. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, it's well, like, yeah. I, I guess I'd just be curious as to whether or not this place that you're going are are they believers that are working with you, or are they unbelievers who you're trying to reach them with the gospel? Right? Because there's a one is um, yeah, and one it seems very apparent that you know they'd be working with you, and the other they'd be paying you for this this thing. So that's like one one factor to consider, but. Like I said earlier, you know, the whole third world country kind of blurs this a little because we feel like, oh, maybe we're taking advantage of them. And that's and that is a concern. But do keep in mind that Paul received from the Philippians. He, he said he robbed from the Philippians when he wasn't willing to take anything from Corinth. And Corinth was the richer church, not not the Philippian church. So it, mm. that's not the concern. Once again, it's, you know, are you are you working together? Are you providing your, what you have available and then providing what they have available um, or not? Okay. Yeah, that was good. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good job. I think that's. I think those kind of questions are one of the biggest reasons why it's important to read this book. Because I mean, okay, so this season is about relationships and obedience and how that kind of intertwines and how those inform one another. And obviously, the relationship that we all have with money is one of the most touchy ones out there. I think people, when you get money involved, they start slinging like they'll, they'll assume your political affiliation, they'll assume your doctrine, all kinds of things when you talk about money. Um, but the key thing here is obedience. Um, because when in any relationship that we have, we want to honor and glorify the Lord in that and be Bible based in how we engage with that thing. And so I, I look at this as once you've received the knowledge and the conviction, there is a responsibility there Mm. to then take that to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, like, how am I? to walk forward in this. And one of the things that I did, I found it easier to implement it on our own ministry than on others. And so one of the things I mean by that is I want to buy a Christian book, right? Like I'm not going to name the book, but there's a book that I want to buy. I'll I'll use this Bible college. There's Bible college books. I want to buy them so that I can study the word at Bible college. You know, that's a perfect example. Um, have you personally stopped also like buying the books of the people that are charging? Or are you like, this is too early in the game. This this is like, I seem to be the only one that like, so it's like, are you kind of, is it like, I'm giving them grace by buying this book because they shouldn't be selling the book. It should be free. Or are you like, I'm just going to trust the Lord that all I need is going to be given freely at some point. Like kind of where are you and and, and in your own walk in this because you are as imperfectly walking this sure. out and figuring it out as we are. Yeah. I think sometimes there's, uh, there's cause to think about where you want to send your money. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've decided not to, not to invest in Logos, the software, because I feel like that's mm-hmm. a bit too much of a racket, but in general, uh, the answer to this, I give in the book is uh, Philippians 1 18, where Paul says, what then only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. So mm-hmm. it, talking about those who aren't ministering sincerely. Should we boycott them? Should we be, uh, you know, uh, like, should we be at war with them? And Paul's answer here seems to be no. 
um, that, you know, as long as the gospel is going forward, that's good, even though they could be doing this better. So, yeah, I want to call these people to reformation, but you can see all the books behind me. I've, uh, <laughs> these right, are not, right. Yeah, these are mostly books. <laughs> you could have bought them all purchased. before. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, wish, I, I wish Gessler would have right. gave me his books for free. No, Gessler, I wish he would have gave me his books for free. <laughs> yeah, and we don't, and you don't want to, uh, you know, cut off your nose to spite your face, really. Right, you know, right. this, right. Uh, yeah, it's valuable stuff that they're, that they're uh, offering. So, um, even if they don't have the right, you know, in God's kingdom to be charging for it, uh, it's yeah. still valuable. And I wouldn't want someone to to bypass those opportunities. Yeah. I think that we all sometimes sit there and wish for Acts chapter two, you know, it's like right. where, where we all come together and there's no need and there's no, you know, <laughs> cause we have the moms that are going to homeschool the kids and we, you know, we got people with trades so that we can make stuff and we can study together. But I mean, the reality is you're right. We, we don't want to cut off our nose and that's a lot of rabbit holes too on, on all different levels of things. You know, like you, man, you can't leave your front door on some cases. It's like, okay, I'm going to go out here and support something that ain't right. So you have to really balance it out. Like he's saying and say, okay, what, where, where is this going? Like our Bible college books, I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I've got to pass my test. I've got to glean, you know? And so it's like, okay, well, I'm going to study these books and you know what? There's good content in those books. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, yeah, I just like what you're doing though. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, I'm sitting here and when she's like, Hey, we should interview, we should interview Conley. And I'm like, well, first of all, who's Conley? (laughs) And then she's like, no. And she throws all this stuff out. And man, I'm telling you, I say, how much is this book? Free. I'm like, can we support it? (laughs) And and you can. Look, that's important to understand. You can. Yeah. You can. Um, Because I think now, would you say that the chosen runs on this kind of principle on a lot of things that they do? Or is there lines that are being blurred? Are you talking about um, the, the series, the, the, TV, the TV show? Series? Yes. Yeah, oh, I, I really know very little on. about it. Um, okay. Uh, okay. I have no uh, idea. No, that's cool. And that's, uh, yeah. they kind of do the same thing though. So what they're doing, at least on the show is it's free. Um, and if you want to pay it for it, it's kind of how they use the terminology, pay it for it to support it so that other people can see it as well so they can produce it. So, oh, I see. Interesting. Um, it's, kind of, it's really, yeah, it's really that would, interesting. That would be close. One of the big things I get into, though, is copyright, because if you are if you are offering viewing privileges for free, but not the ability to, to modify it or distrib- redistribute it yourself. Right. So that you could provide mm-hmm. a translation or you could do et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh you've still imposed obligations directly on somebody else, even if those are license compliance obligations rather than, uh, rather than financial obligations. So that's, that's a step I'm really hoping people will take. I think a lot of people don't, especially ministers don't think a lot about copyright, but I'm, I'm hoping that they will take this extra step that I, I'm calling for in uh, chapter 13. Yeah. yeah. That whole word copyright. Cause I mean, I, when I found out I'm not supposed to be like, posting versus <laughs> well there's like a no, limit like, to how many like, you're allowed like, to post it's, it's, in one it's thing like, it's like it's like wow well, yeah it, it could, it could no, be restrictive if they enforced it right, right. well there's no set number um uh it's help us yeah fair use is just not well defined and so these different bible uh publishers they set their own number where basically they assure you that they're not going to litigate against you if you if you don't <laughs> put more than that. But that's another problem too. Like a church or not a church, but like a ministry, you know, telling you how much how much you can do before they'll violate First mm. uh, Corinthians six and litigate you. <laughs> you know, that's wow. uh, right. Right. That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. What is your? I'm just like we're just picking your brain about like literally <laughs> everything. But I think that this is like. 
I'm sure everyone will have different thoughts. Like, okay, so we're highly involved in the worship team at church. CCLI. Uh, are you aware? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's uh, bothered me for uh, a long time. I've called it yeah. a worship tax for a long time. Right. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of this, when I was reading, I was thinking about like, actually I was watching one of the little Bible animated series that our little girl watches. And there was a tax collector. It takes place in like Rome and Egypt back, you know, when, um, post ascension, but still back in those days. And there's a tax collector running around and he already collected taxes for the emperor. And now he's collecting taxes for himself. And it made me see your book and what you're bringing forth in a new light in the sense of you have a lot of really cool diagrams. And since this isn't copyrighted, I can throw these diagrams up in the video um, and in the show notes just so people can better understand. But um but you show these really cool diagrams and you can go go into explaining kind of the the idea of them, the, like the triangles. But when we are asking for money for something we've been freely g- given, it's kind of like a double tax on people, even though they weren't taxed the first time. But it, it's kind of like we're asking people to pay for something that it's it's kind of like paying for air or paying. I mean, I already think having to pay for water is weird. But then again, they say it's the bottling and they say it's the cleaning. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. But like, if I had to walk up to any river and have to pay money, you know, if I had to, and, and so can you go in a little bit to the structure, uh, like the triangle model that you kind of noticed throughout the word to help people understand? Cause one of the things that you say in your book is that like, it's not like we're waiting for God to rain money down directly to us. There is a relationship here and you kind of show it in, in a triangle. Right. So uh, a minute ago, I mentioned the analogy of the priesthood, right? And so there you have the the Israelites not giving directly to the to the Levites to the priests, but giving to God, and then God giving to the to the Israelites. And so that's how we're supposed to think of ministers. Their employer is not the the people, but God. And so the people are giving to God, and then God is giving to to his ministers. So that's that's a triangle. And this this other example you gave of. Uh, someone taking taxes, that's that's another one of the analogies that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 9. So a lot of people read what Paul's saying, and they think that because Paul's talking about his right, etc., they take Paul as saying basically that uh, he has a perfect license to, ask, to, to take as much money as he wants, even though in that very same chapter he says that he'd never do that because you know it would violate so much <laughs> so right. that's obviously the wrong way of reading it but the um but if you think about that particular analogy what would be what would happen if the if the soldier were paid not by the king but by the by the people directly right it's right mm-hmm. for the soldier to take money from the people and then take a portion of that because the portion of that you know the king would have him to keep but if he's taking it directly as though it's not owed to the king, you know, he's putting himself in the place of the king once again. Yeah, you know, a, a world example on that was when I was in the military, Sinai. So the Sinai tours. Now, they do pay out. Israel does pay out to the army. And they say, hey, and it's actually supposed to come to the soldiers. and But it doesn't. You know, it goes it goes to the king. You know what I'm saying? It's it's paid to the king and then they make that decision to distribute or not and they chose not to. But I'm saying it's kind of that same principle though. Yeah, wow. It's like and I like this principle because it's not just a money principle. This is a God principle. This is what we're supposed to be doing in every aspect of our walk, whether it's our marriage or you know, relationships with you know, outside of right. our home with friends or, or whatever. It's always supposed to be filtered through God anyway. Yeah. And so our obligations I, yeah. to him are direct and then because of our yes. obligations to him, our obligations mm-hmm. to others. Yeah, it's, and it becomes reflective. 
Yeah. And 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 I like that. I, I've I've again. I, I I might say this again. I really like this principle. Mm-hmm. I really like what you've done. I like that you've gone in there. You've dug it out. You've you've done, brought the verses behind it. And it's it, that, why I'm not quoting a lot of verses. This one, I was like, I'm just gonna let him do his, his verse. Because <laughs> I mean, it's so it's impressive. Like, no, it's impressive. It's <laughs> awesome. And it's like it's like, <laughs> but it it's so put together so well that yeah. it will challenge people. There yeah. there are a lot it of verses. Challenge. I was pretty happy when I got done and I, and yeah. I have a scripture index in the back. I'm like, there there are a lot of pages in this. I, yes. I'm happy with that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> for any of the, of the doubters. Index. Yeah, for any of the doubters of like, where did this come from? I mean, it comes from the word and yes. often we gloss over, unless you have tons of money and then you gloss over those verses for a different reason, but you kind of just gloss over and you're like, well, it's not me because I'm not, you know, managing that much money and yet... The, the principle is is there you know i um the i forget how you say it the didache the didache uh, whatever didache um i noticed this principle i i bought that book again bought it but <laughs> i mean i bought the book um for unrelated reasons just to understand the early church and even there you see this principle you know in act without being spoken it's in the way in like how long they're like if if they stay longer than this long they're a false prophet they're just looking for a free room, you know? So they even had that mentality mm-hmm. back then, even though, you know, I mean, it's it's not a new thing. Um, but before, you know, as we kind of wrap up, I, I'm interested in what you think about, because we're talking about obedience again. Like, so when it comes to conviction and you said, you know, you didn't want to bind anybody. You said that at the beginning, you didn't want to bind anybody, um, I forget the phrasing exactly, but you didn't want to bind them with your convictions or, or something. Right. To that. Bind their consciences. Like yeah. Prior, bind prior their to seeing this in scripture mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. Yeah. So not just in relation to this book, but I think that that's something that's like really valuable and a valuable nugget for you to go a little deeper into. Um, because when it comes to obedience, we each get convicted mm-hmm. of something and then we expect the world to follow suit immediately. Um, and right. sometimes it is very biblical, you know, but, but what, kind of depth do you have to that to kind of share with everybody? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I keep telling people like right now, you know, I'm, uh, I understand a lot of people haven't had a chance to think about it. So I'm very understanding with ministers who are, who are charging for ministry, uh, even though I don't think they should be, but, uh, ask me again in 10 years and maybe I'll be really bitter when people have it caught on. (laughs) 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 No, but, uh, yeah, it's it's true. You know, God, God gives us each, uh, different measures of faith. We're not perfect. And yeah, a problem, problem a lot of people have is just a lack of humility, failing to recognize how many things they get wrong and, uh, how much forgiveness they need. You know, Jesus said, whoever, um, you know, whoever, uh, has been forgiven much loves much, right? There is a, there is a direct relationship between those two things. And if we realize how much we err on so many things, we'll be more eager to forgive others when they, um, uh, when they are erring on things that we're more keen to and aware of. Mm, I like that. Yeah. It's just such a valuable nugget. And I know that we actually, we did not meet on Gab, but we're both on Gab. And, um, I see a lot of that being worked out amidst because there's so many believers and they're not afraid to say exactly what they think on that platform. And I love it for that reason. But what you then see are you, you see the denominational and theological interpretation differences magnified to such a degree. And, and like 
like never before I see them just like literally like heretic false prophet like if you don't (laughs) if you shop here if you're on this platform if you're this and so I think that I see that and I and I go to the Lord and internalize and and battle and, and wrestle with that all the time like well to what degree are they right you know but I think that what you just said is is at the heart of it you know between us and and the Lord and the convictions he's laying on us as we, and, and as the truth comes to us. Um, so right. Our really yeah, Proverbs 15, yeah. one says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word mm. stirs up anger. So yeah. yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to get too very far with that. And that, there is a reaction right now going on against those who are, one might call too soft, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not that they're, they're too gentle with their words it's that they simply aren't firm enough with their words right you can right. be gentle and firm at the same time um and so yeah what the world needs now is more firmness but not necessarily um yeah not necessarily harshness right right i absolutely would agree with that um it's been an interesting walk coming into the church back in 2014 so <laughs> i was away for a long time <laughs> long time and then you know you walk back in the church and you see the rifts and you see the divisions and you see like you're looking for a place where you finally see something that's together now coming from the military you're used to together you're used to camaraderie you used to like you know working out with okay we we harassed army air force navy marines we all kind of harass <laughs> each other but at the end of the day when you're out on the battlefield it, it there's not that harassment you know everybody has come together everybody we're in a battle and i think one of the hardest things for me in all of this is to see people come in and of course we're going somewhere else right now but <laughs> that's where we're at. it's a valuable point though and and to see she's she she sent me something i'm not even gonna mention what it is and she goes what do you think and i'm like well this was wrong but this person beating them up was wrong you know it's like it's like and and it's like where are we at in this battle and so for people like you that come forward with these principles that say hey look we need to focus on god first look okay yeah y'all we're talking about money right now we're talking about how our ministries go but at the same time god comes first that's our obedience and i think one of the things i've learned over the last eight years of of really being submitted bible college and like getting into the ministry is my obedience is not a checkbox of of scripture of like this is what no my obedience is turning to god first and once I turn to God, he brings in what I need to, you know, what I need. And so thank you again. Seriously, yeah. um, I'm going to try to pump this out to everybody. I know because I think it's so important that we understand this because I think we can get caught in it. Oh, well, I, 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 I'm going to write a book so I can sell it to support my ministry. That is a thought that we hear a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like and, and it's and here, here you're working at Google. Here I am still working for the army and we're still running full time ministries. And it's like, <laughs> all right, it's cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. But look, support your pastors, y'all. Look, no, <laughs> support, support your pastors. No. Uh, but in in reality, I think that there there is a line that has to be carefully navigated. Like once it's convicted, once it's there, then we have to sit there and recognize it. And thank you for putting all the verses. Again, I love verse. I love taking it back to the Bible. I never like to try to wiggle something out of something. And and I didn't even look at your index and probably I I just knew there was a lot in there. So I was like, look at it all. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So what would you tell people as a parting thing? Something that you maybe you come up recently that you haven't said on air yet or, or, or anything like that that you're like, 
you're juggling it. You're like, man, maybe it's time to drop this nugget too. <laughs> that's good. Um, you know, the, uh, the bit about uh, the Elon Musk interview, that's one I was thinking about lately. I hadn't mentioned before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this idea of people calling their works ministries. That's, that's what I was glad to get to uh, during this interview, yeah. but I can't think of anything else. No, I mean, that, that's that's a good one. Because, I mean, I was kind of guilty of that for a little bit because everyone was. And you're so, so it sounds good. You're like, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm oh, going to yeah. be sharing. Like if you share, like if, OK, the Babylon Bee guys at the end, they're asking <laughs> him, does he want to accept Christ as his savior? Sorry, I spoiled it for all y'all. Right. But right, like, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what he says. But I mean, like, OK, in that moment, you had a ministry moment. But just because you have a ministry moment, moment right. just we're called to give glory to God in everything that we do. Right whether we eat or drink or whatever. So it's like, okay, well, but that's not all like eating a pizza. Isn't my ministry, but I'm supposed to eat it in such a way that doesn't at the very least like dishonor the Lord. Right. Right. And so it's, it's important. I like what you said about the lines and, and being comfortable with some lines of like, this is what worship is biblically. This is what ministry is biblically. This is what work right. that yeah. I get to get paid for is biblically. If you're, if you are calling yourself a minister or ministry, you're, you're putting, you know, there, there are holy things. There are things God sets apart. If we right. call everything holy, then nothing is set apart. Right. Or if we call right. things holy, right. just because we've set them apart and God right. hasn't set them apart. Um, you know, that's a blasphemous even. So yeah, it's just really important because, yeah, ministries are set apart and they have to obey special rules because they are, you know, holy and sanctified and God has asked certain things of them. Um, and yeah, if people want to throw that label on them, it comes with a lot of, it comes with a lot of <laughs> baggage that you don't yes. necessarily want, you know? Right. It binds you in ways right. that you're, you're binding yourself in, in yeah. a almost legalism in a way, like you're kind of, it, it you know, could be. Yeah. But yeah. what happens yeah. typically is the other way around. You call everything a ministry right. and then you have perfect license and everything. Um, yes, that's true. But yeah, if you've got, you know, Isaiah 55, one, uh, come to the waters, you know, come buy and eat without money, without price. Uh, if that's true, you know, then anything that's a ministry, it's got to be offering things freely. Right. Wow. I like it. Yeah. Love thank it. you so much. You the so last much. thing yeah, okay. I got this soup. I love stickers. Oh yeah. This came with your book and I want you to explain to everyone who like me forgot their math classes what this means so they know it's not like Illuminati they know what it actually means. So that, <laughs> well good timing for the question because I I consider that to be a representation of Isaiah 55:1 yeah without okay. money without price um yeah mm-hmm. that that bread that water being offered freely. So the the cross is the gospel right and the zero mm-hmm. is nothing and so they're being exchanged uh, mm. one for the other, wow. nothing being exchanged for, for the gospel. Beautiful. Which Dorian to no purpose. Yes. I love it. Yes. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank let you. everyone know, um, where we're going to link it all in the show notes, but let them know where they can get this book for free in all of its formats. Right. So yeah, it's available in a lot of formats, Kindle, EPUB, PDF, web, audio, and, uh, and paperback if you're in the U.S. Publisher hasn't figured out international shipping yet. But um, uh, the DorianPrinciple.org and Dorian is spelled D-O-R-E-A-N. Uh, if you're on Facebook, there is a group um, called uh, Money and Ministry, which I'm trying to get a lot of people organized there. If you're on Gab, I don't know if many of your uh, listeners are, but I'm CCO3 on Gab. 
And then, uh, yeah, definitely check out the, um, the publisher also it's firstloveministries.org. They, uh, they have been operating this way since 2006, even with books, right. They've been doing free shipping on the books free. Uh, mm. yeah, that's the thing too. It's not just the book that's free that the publisher's even covering the shipping yeah. and they've been doing it that way for a long time. So they were very happy when, uh, when they, uh, heard of this book and <laughs> they wanted to partner together and it was a yeah yeah good camaraderie like a there perfect partnership how, how can i bulk order 10 no because <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm no i'm going to africa in april and i'm like man this is something i need to put in the hands of some people because yeah well you can the- um so uh so very practically you can on the form uh the publisher does not necessarily fulfill those very quickly if you do it that way um right. Yeah, right now it's just not necessarily well organized for that. So, uh, yeah, if you want, if you want uh, multiples, I I can send you copies. Awesome. And actually, also, so this is a thought we have given our podcast. So it costs money, data. It costs data to listen to podcasts in Kenya, and so we have put our podcast. It's outdated now, but you're about to go back. Um, We've put our podcast episodes on a flash drive because they pass those things around like business cards out there. They'll just keep trading, 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 and get it out. And so we could download the PDF oh, and yeah, the audio book yeah, and yeah. put them on a on a flash drive, and then it'll just spread with f- without the cost of data. Right, and I don't have to carry all them books. Bam, Bam. and then they don't Done. have to have that. That doesn't incur the <laughs> no, cost. Books are always good to have them. Books they are, are they are, and then now and they're support, hard to destroy. But you can support the <laughs> like ministry, right? Yes, you yes, can yes. support. You can co labor. Where can people do that? I, I think that's important mm-hmm. as well. That if it's laid on their heart, they're like, man, I think other people need to get this book. Where can they go to support your the ministry? Yeah, so there are instructions at thedorianprincipal.org/support. Okay. Um, you can either support the publisher or my church. We're both pitching in. Um, my church uh, paid for the uh, the the actual printing of the books, and the publisher is covering the shipping. Awesome! That's awesome. awesome. Again, thank you so much. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you for being here today. It's been a good time, and we will see you. I'll let you roll it out. I almost did it. <laughs> you could have. You know, I was like, no, nah, I, I, I don't want nine seasons. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, you can get all of the show notes, all the links, everything that you might have missed in this awesome conversation at thepantrypodcast.com in the show notes. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Pantry Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen and check out other great shows on the Edify app and Eternity Ready Radio.